Toontown Historical Society presents Toontown Public Works, a program where three highly unqualified doofuses make a mockery of themselves in the name of preserving this great city's forgotten classics. Hello, and welcome to Toontown Public Works. Cartoons so cheap, they're free. I'm H.C. the Raccoon. I'm Casey the Dog. I'm Sir the Cat. Hello. Hi. We're going to just keep saying hello, I guess. That's our thing. Uh, hi, everyone. Uh, so I had a very eventful two weeks in that... Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, hey, do you have any cartoon news? No? Okay. Uh, I uh, had a very eventful two weeks <laughs> <laughs> where I've basically been doing a ton of research on some bad cartoons. Because, you see, I was listening to our podcast... Because I want to actually, like, you know, listen so we can improve, figure out the new things we can do to basically make it a better product or better thing, you know, something that's less annoying to listen to. Um, and when I was doing that, I got several urges <laughs> to watch really awful cartoons on my own. Because, you see, before this whole project, my obsession was watching really bad cartoons. Um uh, as I admit last time where I watched food, where I admitted that I watched food fight like over a dozen times. And so, uh, I, there's one thing I'm going to keep a little bit secret just in case, cause it's actually related to something we've watched on the show. And I kind of want to keep that a bit, you know, uh, under wraps. So I have something to talk about the next time we talk, see that cartoon. Uh, but one thing I saw that really, really, was like one of the most god one of the most inexplicable things i've ever watched and i freaking loved it was tom and jerry charlie tom and jerry's chocolate ch- no, ch- uh, tom, tom and jerry's, jerry's uh, would that be the willy wonka and talk chocolate factory tom and jerry's I, 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 yeah i don't know the f- actual full real name of it uh i think it's tom and jerry presents Charlie, uh, I keep on going with Charlie because Charlie the Chocolate Factory is the book name. Well, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is the movie name, and that's important because it's not Charlie and the Chocolate Factory; it's Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Because this movie is straight up like one of it's basically the way I would describe it. It's like a world in Kingdom Hearts, but instead of Sora and Donald and Goofy, you have Tom and Jerry entering the world of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory movie. And this like seems ha- like a. This seems like something that they've done in the past with their like different WB properties. Like, because well, no, no. I know there was a uh, Wizard of Oz Tom and Jerry adaptation. Well, well, yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah, that's something that also exists. I have not seen that. But the thing about Will- Wizard of Oz is that technically Wizard of Oz is in the public domain, like the books themselves. The movies, the movie, no, the movie's not in the public domain, and there's a lot of like legal hoo ha about that, like. When Disney was doing that uh, return, what was it? The Oz, the Great and Powerful. They had to. Uh, they specifically had to uh, make sure they had the right color of green on the skin, so they wouldn't get sued uh, for like for for the Wicked Witch of the Rest. Yeah, like they couldn't use the right green, the the, the specific green that like was used for the Wicked Witch of the West color. They had to go a different shade of it just so they could avoid. Um, copyright dispute because that's copyright law everyone copyright um, law is weird and wacky and there are plenty of loopholes in it and it's also really bad 
Um, yep. But uh, thank you, Disney. But <laughs> uh, and but the reason why this one is so inexplicable because it's like like I said, Wizard of Oz in the public domain. Uh, Willy Wonka the Chocolate Factory is not like it's not and like you could make an argument that like this isn't the same company but like you know they also do like there's also those scooby-doo crossovers where they have like scooby-doo being with uh the wwe guys or scooby-doo uh meets uh god i'm i am struggling well back in, the, back uh, in the day there was a lot of they they had the harlem globetrotters they had uh laurel and hardy uh like a long time ago in fact, that's like most. I think that's most people my age's association with the Harlem Globetrotters is that they were in Scooby Doo. Well, yeah, there's always that, um, and there's the whole Batman crossover episode, which was great. It's actually really good. Yeah, but, I can remember that one. That was a good one. But, but I would. But the, here's the thing. While I would argue that a large number of those straight DVD Scooby Doo animated movies are actually good, or at least entertaining in the sense of like the way that they were intending it to be entertaining, you know? Uh, Tom and Jerry's Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is a nightmare hellscape that is full of the weirdest, both fluid, but also choppy animation I have seen in a long time, and the weirdest story decisions I have seen in ages. Like, because... See... When I came in, I was this is what I was basically gonna, this is what I was expecting. I was expecting, uh, basically, oh, the movie Charlie and the Choc, uh, Will, okay, Willy Wonka the Chocolate Factory, uh, and like just that. But then was scenes where you cut over and there's Tom and Jerry doing their own thing, uh, and then maybe them having reaction shots to things that happen in that movie. Uh, and that's all I was going to get. Uh, and there is that. There is definitely some of that, for sure. Uh, but I would actually argue that... See, I was expecting something really lazy, but they put effort in this in ways that makes no sense. Like, okay, so Slugworth. Slugworth is yeah. a thing that's like a big part of the movie. And by the way, the Slugworth stuff is not part of the books. The books Slugworth is just a character that just is sort of talked about briefly about when they were talking about uh why Willy Wonka closed his factory from the public's view and all that kind of stuff and kept everything super secret. Um there was no Slugworth going to each child and then tempting them by saying, "Hey, bring me an Everlast Gobstopper and I'll pay you a ton of money." Uh uh, and so that adds this whole like extra conflict, which honestly, I kind of, I actually think that's a decent addition to the story. I think it's an okay way to like add an extra element to it. So it's not just Charlie is this pure, perfect, good person. Uh, There's getting, a lot of differences watch, between the, uh, the books and the, uh, Willy Wonka movie that doll didn't really like, but I think doll was wrong there. Cause oh, it's oh. a really good movie. Yeah. I would actually like, <laughs> I remember seeing. Oh, I'm not, I don't want to go too much in the movie history, but I just want to say real fast that like uh, I think it's an interesting thing. Uh, but 
the way that they handle the Slugworth stuff in this animated movie is so baffling. Because, like, they, they, they do a thing where they both... Okay, because the whole thing is that, if you don't know, uh, Slugworth is tempting children, but it turns out that he was actually working for Wonka the whole time, uh, and he was basically just doing a thing to test the children out, uh, see if they would be okay. Uh, and Charlie was the only one who seemed to not be tempted into uh, giving the candy to Slugworth, which is part of the final thing, which why, which is why uh, uh, Charlie ended up getting the chocolate factory. Uh, thing is, uh, in this one, they tried to double fake out by yeah, by making Slugworth seem absolutely evil. In every possible way. He becomes an antagonist that's throughout the whole entire movie that is literally chasing Tom and Jerry all around while they hold an everlasting gobstopper. And he's teamed up with Spike, which is that pit bull, not pit bull, the bulldog dude that sometimes shows up in Tom and Jerry's shorts, who is apparently his henchman. Uh, and, like, there's this whole sequence, like, during the first scene where, like, you see Charlie... And uh, Charlie uh, meets Slugworth for the first time to do this tempting thing. There's a part where Charlie starts walking away, and then Tom and Jerry, I guess, try to pick a fight with Slugworth. And then that leads to them being covered in paint. And then when they become covered in paint, they get transferred on the wall, and they become living paintings. And there's a musical sequence where... Uh, Slugworth starts singing the song the Veruca Salt sings, the Don't Care How I Want It Now song. He starts singing that, That's... and it becomes a villain song, and he's like chasing around Tom and Jerry as paintings where they're like turning into snakes, and where he's turning into snakes and rats and spiders, and like, and he like, is... apparently this is all actually happening because Charlie's watching this and he ends he ends it by throwing paint on the wall and like getting everyone off the painting. Here's and the it's... thing that's super weird about that from what you're describing. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, like the fancy elements on them, they're more like magical realism, like baby's first magical realism movie compared yeah. to Tom and Jerry, where it's more like the more standard cartoony stuff. So that seems like it wouldn't really congeal together. Like it's it's. It's hard to bring it into brief terms about how weird this movie handles pretty much everything. Uh, but, but yeah, like I said, like they have a double fake out where it makes it look like that Slugworth actually is a villain this time around. But then they do a triple fake out by making it seem to have the original film's plot twist. Even after all the scenes of all the scenes of Tom and Jerry being chased by Slugworth and him laughing maniacally and stuff like that like and it just becomes this weird thing of like being both extremely reverent to a fault with the original because there's so many music sequences like a lot of the music sequences in the in this stuff and this like pretty much all of them except for one wait what they leave out uh it's the cheer up charlie song which honestly that song gets left out by like television broadcast of the film so like it's not a very uncommon cut but like all the other songs they pretty much are choreographed drawn and like done exactly how they are done in the actual movie except for don't care how 
both the one that Slugworth does and then the reprise that Veruca Salt does, which is also intercut with a scene with Slugworth chasing Tom and Jerry in a minecart. Wait, what? Uh, it's okay. Here's what, here's what I'm going to say. Watch this f***ing movie. <laughs> it is so weird. I get I the was, sense that from even what you've told us so far, you're only scratching the surface of what's crazy and dumb as hell oh, about yeah, this like, movie. I could make this entire podcast just Mike's review and my utter like fascination of what they did here. Because I don't think it's good, but it's super fun to watch because it's so weird. Hold it's, out hope that somebody's going to make the uh, Charlie Sheen dog of the uh, Willy Wonka movie. Yeah, right. like, here's the thing. Food Fight is funny because of, in a, both a shot and Freud way, because you knew that the guy, who, the guy who made it was a total ass, and he got screwed over over and over again by both Circumstance and the studios, and the, also his sponsors. Uh, and then they release a movie that is so hilariously bad and unfortunate that I just kind of love it. It's like a giant pile of garbage that I can wade in. Uh, <laughs> while uh, Charlie, uh, the Tom and Jerry's Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory is like it's 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 good because it, well it's good to watch because. There was effort put into it, way more than I thought it was going to be, but it's still really bad in ways that is just amusing and interesting. Not just, like, if it was boring, I would not be this thrilled talking about it right now. Like, and it's not boring at all. It is just one of those things that, like, your jaw is agape the entire time you watch it, and I really highly recommend it. Though I do think that $15 is way too high of a price tag for this, and that is like the cheapest I could find a streaming version of it. Well, I mean, from what you're describing, it sounds like it successfully uh, successfully passes the uh, difference between like an asinine like kids movie that you're not going to find any enjoyment in and a so-bad-it's-good kids movie where they make decisions that are intensely for children but don't really work that way. Oh, yeah, it's it's like it's not like hard to watch it's actually it's hard not to watch (laughs) 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 it's it's the the cinematic equivalent of a train wreck and i love it uh but anyways uh i kind of took 15 minutes talking about this dumb 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 movie while you were Uh, watching that movie i last weekend went to a theater in salt lake city and watched uh ghost in the shell oh Did you take the so, goose? What? Did you take the goose? Did I did I take the goops? What? <laughs> no, no, did you take the goose with you? Was he your date? Oh, um, I don't know. I don't have context for whatever it is you're trying to tell me. The goose! The one that the was goose. in your parking oh, lot! Oh, yeah, 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 the goose. There was a goose in my parking lot. That's neither here nor there. <laughs> and I don't, <laughs> I don't want to go into I don't want to go into the same length How of rant stalked? about that goose that you did about uh, Tom and Jerry. Uh, <laughs> but I, I did see Ghost in the Shell, and I mean, I mean the, uh, the version goose from the, the 90s. Like, yeah, Goose in the Shell. I saw the version. Goose All right, there was the there was a goose in my parking lot. I was taking pictures and I posted it on Twitter. Anyway, back to Ghost in the Shell. Uh, I have been too hard on anime because that was a great movie. 
And I kind of uh, didn't expect it to be. Uh, Have you guys seen it? No, I have not. Uh, I've heard great things, though. And here's just my here's my stance on anime. I admit that it's really good at times, and there are some anime that I freaking adore. But I also don't have the patience to go out and find anime because everyone is so picky about it. Well, and it's guess hard to what? Find. I found it for you. <laughs> Watch well, Ghost no, I, in the Shell. I mean, it's specifically, like, specifically how people stream it because, like, oftentimes a lot of this stuff isn't on like Netflix or Hulu, uh, and. I don't want to get a subscription to Crunchyroll. And oh, yeah, I, yeah. And, like, Wait, why not? Because uh, I don't... I wouldn't watch enough anime for me to be, oh, like, justified okay. the I, th- I thought there was, like, some specific reason, like, they do bad marketing practices or something. No, no, no. I just... I don't have... I, I would not find enough anime for me to, like, watch on it. And I don't want to buy a DVD for a movie I haven't seen... And I could always, I guess, pirate it, but I don't really want to advocate piracy on this podcast because uh, that's a wrong and illegal thing to do. Uh, uh, but I don't know. And also, people are also super picky about like translation and stuff like that. And I would always find people who are like, "No, no, watch it here because then you'll see this translation and so much." But no, go here. No, this is a bit of translation. And it's like just get me a just let me watch it i just want to watch it that's all i'm gonna do i don't yeah, care anyway so i'm like, gonna like be seeing i'm gonna be honest christian what like i'm like the exact opposite like you're saying don't be too hard on anime. i shouldn't be too hard on anime Nah, i'm too hard on anime the only good animes out there are tiger and bunny and kaiba come fight that, me that, that come fight that, me that, listeners that, that makes us the opposite of the opposite because that's exactly what I was saying is I'm oh, really seriously? hard on anime. Yeah, I'm really hard on anime. I, th- I thought like I, I've always associated anime with a part of my life that's in the past. And, uh, and I always thought it had like kind of soap opera ish drama and, uh, and very loud and obnoxious voice acting and ghost in the shell is kind of what uh, proved me wrong. It was very, uh, everything was very deliberate and, uh, just very well, thoughtful and and, okay. and very like well paced and it, like as a movie, not as an anime, but as a movie, Ghost in the Shell is fantastic. Okay, uh, I see um, what you're saying. I'm gonna recommend for UKC to watch the works of Satoshi Kon. Uh, he did a whole bunch. He's uh, my favorite anime dude ever. Like my favorite uh, guy who's ever made like anime stuff. Uh, he did Paranoia Agent, which a lot of people love, but I'm kind of just at on. Um, but he did stuff like, uh, he did Tokyo Godfathers, which is his most grounded movie. He did, which is basically about three homeless people who find a child on Christmas, uh, and have to start taking care of it. Uh, there's, uh, a movie about, there's a, uh, there's Millennium Actress, which is about, uh, a, oh, it's about a female actress who is super famous in Japan, who then gets interviewed by a news company about her life and then it basically it shows off her life through her memories and like it the way it does it it's like you actually see the cameraman and the reporter like walking through her memories and like really cool transitions and stuff like that it's very mental mind mental and stuff like that and it's really really cool um all his stuff is like that in the sense that like it's always like very stuff his my favorite thing by him is paprika and Paprika, it was the last movie he made when he was still alive, uh, and that was... Yeah, that one's next on my list, and I, I would that, love to talk more about it, but I think we need to 
watch some cartoons because we've been yeah. uh we've it's been, a weird dream yeah, movie it's we've been it's talking weird... we're almost 20 minutes into the podcast and we haven't watched one yet <laughs> yeah yeah honestly uh that's probably not a good thing uh yeah so let's <laughs> let's go ahead and watch one okay so let's get the list up and drum roll please okay what is this uh it's a mellow tune called miguel the mighty matador Mike. Miguel, Miguel. Oh boy, I hope it's not racist. (laughs) Yay! I am bored. (laughs) That was so boring. (laughs) Oh my god. God, that was really You know, boring. what that kind of reminds me of is, like, Disney had a, uh, a cartoon involving, like, a sing-along about kids going to bed and dreaming that they're, like, cowboys and, like, getting, like, different cowboy stuff. Kind of reminds me of that. let your... <laughs> I, I remember what you're cowboys. talking about, and I remember the one you're talking about being, like, amusing. This one was not... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was like... Okay, okay, okay. It was not bad it was boring no it was just if it was bad it wouldn't have been boring it's just like uh god uh, just uh, it's it's just a musical about a little kid who goes to bed wants to be a matador and he sleeps he has a dream about being a really freaking good matador and, and then, and then they have like they well that's the thing is is like he's set up to be like this matador he's like he's going to fight the bull but first watch people march for a while here they are yeah. they're marching kids watch yep. cartoons because they like to see people walking in a straight line <laughs> all right now he's going to fight the bull he did it he won he won the bullfight like I'm, I'm hardly exaggerating. <laughs> it's, it's like it basically is that instantaneous and That's like so boring. It's, and a it's whole just like cartoon full of nothing. Like nothing happens, and then he rides the bull. The bull then gets mad because he sees the red uh, cape, which, by the way, it doesn't is not based in reality. Bulls do not hate the color red. That's not a thing. It's just. Uh, um, well, I can in the mind of a child it might be a thing, and that's okay, what happens yeah, in this dream. movie. Is it is a dream? It's a dream. It's a dream. Unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, there are far more gruesome things that are true about bullfighting that are not oh, true about this cartoon. Oh yeah, I was hundred percent. Like, <laughs> I, li- I literally said, I literally said mid thing and said I was expecting a slaughtering. <laughs> yeah. No, that didn't happen. The bull just got body slammed and said. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it's just me having really, really low expectations for cartoons from the, this era. We did see and a wolf get pump- stabbed to death last episode, so... That is true. That is true. Uh, I don't know. It- Only good thing about this cartoon is that the bull was kind of cool. It kind of reminded me of uh, some Grecian artwork. Okay, I would, I would say that the good thing about this cartoon is that I did like the art style for it. It was choppily animated, but I like it because it's a very simplistic, very... It was kind of proto-Hanna-Barbera. Well, kind of. I, I, I would say, say it's that. more of a... I, I, I think more of, like... Uh, when you think of, like, 
1950s deco in the same kind of way that like it, it has the same kind of thing that Colonel Bleep has in the sense like while Colonel Bleep is more like super fantasy version of that kind of thing uh this is the more grounded like accepted kind of thing like there's like storybooks I read, had as a child from that era that like uh that had that kind of art style it's it's a very kitschy kind of look but it's I think I I am fond yeah it, kind but. of like a little like I don't know if cubist is the right word, but well, it, yeah, I would say it kind of is because like if you watch like uh, the way like the mouths move and everything and the way that they're drawn on, I would well, say like, it was almost cubism. There, but not, there are not definitely quite, mom- but almost. There is a moment in this uh, animated uh, in this thing where uh, the little boy his mouth is agape and it's basically just colon V, <laughs> and that's it, <laughs> which is pretty great. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, there's nothing really more you can say about this. Uh, wow. That, this is probably the quickest we've ever gotten done talking about a cartoon. Well, we didn't talk about the very ending, which is when uh, he rides the bull out of the stadium, and they're, they're singing about him again, and then the bull sees the red cape on the ground and gets really mad and starts to chase him back to his home. That's when the kid wakes up from his dream, and uh, and he stabs through... Uh, his blanket with a sword because apparently his uh, his f- father of the year decided it's okay for his child to sleep with a sword that is uh, that is uh, at least non-blunt enough to stab through fabric. I think the implication was that he went to bed with a toy sword and then he woke up and somehow the sword ended up real. Uh, maybe? Mm. I don't know. Who knows? It, the, both the toy sword and the actual sword look pretty much exactly the same. So, like, I don't know. Uh, I'm just <laughs> uh, uh, to quote uh, some uh, very uh, skilled and very uh, intelligent philosophers: uh, a man who sleeps with a machete is a fool all day, but once. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's it. Oh man. <laughs> I hope I hope that's like sage advice for this child. Uh, Uh, I just I just hope he does not stab himself in the eye when he's sleeping. That's all I care about. He's probably maybe he's a jerk. That's true. He does want to be a bullfighter. We don't really know. We we all we see about him is a dream, and of course he thinks he's great in his dream, but we don't know how he is like outside of outside of his home and when he goes to school. He could be really really bigoted. Yeah, <laughs> he might. He might be like mega racist. He could totally be like on like message boards uh, talking about Bitcoin and how women don't love him. Man, you know what? I hate Miguel. <laughs> <laughs> Screw Miguel. <laughs> we hate him. That's our official stance on this podcast. Miguel. Yeah. <laughs> we're done with Miguel him? and we're done with this cartoon. Screw him. <laughs> the racist asshole. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. So let's get another drum roll, please. Aha! We are getting our first Betty Boo cartoon. Oh, neat. Oh, all right. That's going to be cool. And it's going to be on disc number one. And it's uh, going to be Betty Boop, 
Oh no, Betty Boop's rise to fame. Oh boy, alright. That was really cool. Yeah, that was actually really good. I really like that a lot. You uh, can tell that uh, Fleischer's, like the Fleischer's were like showing off with that. Oh, straight up. Like literally it was everything that a Fleischer Brothers cartoon is right down to the fact that there is Cab Calloway in it. <laughs> yeah, so this is this is a concept I've seen in other places. Like I want to say the f- maybe the first episode of Tiny Toon Adventures kind of had a similar thing going on. Uh, yeah, like I would, I think that those uh, those uh, tiny that first episode of Tiny Toons is basically inspired by this kind of yeah. Thing. I mean, and the fact that it happened so many years earlier, uh, you mm. know, when when animation was so new that they managed to make this is pretty impressive. Um, and oh. it confirmed uh, it confirmed two things that I already knew. The first one being Betty Boot became uh, an institution in animation because uh, they uh, put so much effort into uh, making it look fluid and amusing to watch. And secondly, that Betty Boop, uh, based on her head shape alone, is a terrible, inhuman creature uh, with uh, terrifying, unknowable power. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I did find, uh, I did find the, uh, the Wikipedia article for this specific cartoon, uh, cause it's notable enough to actually have its own Wikipedia page. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's basically, it looks like what it is, it's a, uh, uh, it looks like it was more or less a clip show in a sensible way. Cause like back in the day, they didn't really expect movies to ever really have like, home releases or anything like that any for people to actually really see it again so uh a lot of times like it was not uncommon for movies and cartoons and stuff like that to kind of reuse material a lot uh and like come sometimes like do that and it seems like this was this was is that it was uh the fleischer brothers basically uh taking their most famous episodes of the of the cartoons uh and then kind of doing a mashup of all three. Of yeah, them. and and the way the way they did it was uh, was first of all with the live action segment that starts with H.P. Lovecraft looking at the camera, and then it pans <laughs> over to another man with a mustache that did not age especially well. Well, I think <laughs> um, I, should, I think I should point out uh, he, I went looks- looking at uh, the Wikipedia article for uh, Max Fleischer. It yeah. looks like the picture from that page is taken directly from this uh, from this cartoon. Yeah, probably. Oh, uh, and it's a let's be nice and just say it's a Charlie Chaplin mustache. Yeah. So. And so, like they, they had kind of like the whole Who frames Who framed Roger Rabbit thing, where they they had uh, live action elements interacting with the cartoon. What year was this? What year did this, this- specific one come out? Uh, 1934. 1934. Wow. Yeah. So like that, I I mean, that's the, that's the earliest instance I can think of, of this specific thing happening in a cartoon. Advanced stuff happening for that time. Well, okay. Uh, actually I would say the first instance of this was before even Betty Boop was made, but it was also a Fleischer Brothers thing. Uh, 
for Out of the Inkwell, where uh, like that was one of the first things they did was that there was a character it was like uh, Coco the Clown or something like that, and like you actually see a cameo of him at the very beginning uh, as like one of the, like the faces on the curtain that Betty Boop like comes out of, uh, and uh, basically the bottom of the premise of that was that it was about a clown that actually literally hopped out of an inkwell and like got into goofy adventures while uh while like being chased by a pen and like stuff being drawn into his world and like uh interacting with a desk and stuff like like all the desk and all that kind of stuff so this isn't new territory for flashers but i do think that it, it's probably for its time a very much more like forward like much more advancement in technology because this is the one i like this is like the only one I've really know of right now. At least to be fair, I haven't seen a ton of Betty Boop cartoons or a ton of Fleischer for that matter. But um, I don't. I think this is like the first one that actually had like actual live action bits where like actual character, like Max, Max Fleischer and this reporter. Because uh, did we explain what the plot was? The that it was about a. I don't think the, we did. No. Basically, a reporter comes to Max Fleischer uh, in his studio. And asks uh, to show how uh, they do Betty Boop, basically. And so he, Max Fleischer, like, okay. So he goes, puts uh, his, uh, dips his pen in the inkwell, uh, quickly draws Betty Boop. She comes to life, and then they start talking and having like kind of like a, hey, Betty Boop, can you show the reporter which how it's done, kind of thing? And she like comes out of the paint, she comes out of the uh, picture, and like he brings out uh, three backgrounds from three famous. Uh, 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 Betty Boop cartoons, Old Man in the Mountain. Uh, okay, what, what were they all called? Um, Old Man in the Mountain. Uh, I don't know uh, what the other two were. I know, <laughs> I know. Like, I'm, I'm, trying, I'm trying to get the thing here. Okay. Old Man uh, in the Mountain, there was like a stage and then S- okay, I got something it, I got else at the end of it. Okay, go on. I got, uh, Stopping the Show, uh, Betty Boop's Bamboo Island, and The Old Man in the Mountain. And I think all three of these are on this collection. Um, but uh, uh, the uh, unfortunately, because I think the one that's on this DVD is actually an edited version for time, because uh, there is no, they they cut out the sequence with uh, Betty Boop on Bamboo Island because it's supposed to be in there. Um, and basically, all that is, is that it's like basically Betty Boop in a hula dress, like where they basically traced over a hula dancer, and that's all that would that be, and that's. It probably was too risque or whatever, and so yeah, we should from... we should mention a lot of this was rotoscoped. Oh yeah, like it's a, that's a thing with the Fleischers. So is that rotoscoping was a big thing because they liked drawing people dancing. If this was, was sorry, you go ahead and finish. Well, basically, that's the, what I'm what I'm trying to get at is that like uh, this is very Fleischer in the sense that it's like every one of their very big tropes put together, um, and right from. Uh, Having uh, uh, like having characters come out of an inkwell to uh, basically a lot of dancing and f- like fourth wall kind of humor, uh, a lot of uh, musical number kind of stuff, uh, and yeah, like uh, there's there's and then like I said, there's a part where there's Cad Calloway because they do Old Man in the Mountain, and that was an entirely that song was entirely uh, the entire cartoon was a Cad Calloway a collaboration with the Fleischer Brothers and. Uh, uh, there's they have a sequence from that uh, short in the in the uh, in the cartoon and uh, I really liked it because it's it's it shows off it's basically a good sampler of what 
the Fleischers are all about in terms of their animation. It was really cool seeing those techniques demonstrated. Yeah, like I, especially like seeing him like pull out the the backgrounds that they drew because I think it's easy to forget when you watch old cartoons. Like, wow, somebody had to paint those. <laughs> yeah, like uh, yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's just interesting. I, I'd say the only element that's kind of missing from a pleasure is that there's not a ton of surreal imagery other than like sometimes characters dancing in weird ways. But okay, it 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 wasn't surreal. It was unsettling. Yeah, there was definitely some unsettling bits. Yeah, and I, I think, and, and maybe that's just me. Like, maybe I have a phobia or something. But I always, I always found uh, the, I always found uh, Max Flusher's uh, like animation specifically to have kind of a an uncanny a, a, valley. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, kind of an. Well, yeah, uncanny valley is a word that we could use for it, and not, and not the, not technically uncanny valley because they don't resemble people, but. Uh, it is uncanny in the same way. Yeah, it's very fluid. And in maybe ways it's that... because they rotoscope it that it is that way. You know, like yeah. that, that seeing yeah, seeing see such that. natural looking movement uh, with such unnatural looking characters is kind of uh... oh, like there's in uh, in um, Minnie the Moocher, like there is a freaking uh, Cab Calloway. Uh, dance that's like basically it's a walrus this is weird ghost walrus that's like oh yeah and like all that is basically uh, like and it's done specifically because his dance style is super weird and like kind of surreal so they put a really surreal image on it so it actually really works you know like it's supposed to be creepy uh so you know uh it's 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 i think i thought it was cool though i think it's a really good uh little sampler of what this uh what these guys were all about in a lot of ways uh and uh i i honestly always love it when cartoons kind of break the fourth wall like this like there's a where it's like kind of like a separate world where there is cartoons and they are actors uh or uh, or at least like a fictional like kind of like a different type of world than say humans and us and all that kind of stuff i always like that kind of stuff uh it's a fun conceit yeah it, you see it in like you know roger rabbit obviously but then there's a lot of cartoons that do that kind of thing and i think that's always fun. Tunes back in action did it really well yeah space jam did it less as well yeah i think i i don't know if uh i, I don't know if anyone has done it as well as who framed roger rabbit oh yeah who framed uh, roger rabbit is like the king that that, that movie is probably in my top five movies. Same. Super good. So good. Um, okay, so let's go ahead and do one more drum roll. I have good feelings about this one. I'm pouring my spirit energy into this. Okay, we're going to disc number nine. And we are going to watch... Uh, Wacky and Packy. No, I'm just kidding. Uh... <laughs> Uh, no <laughs> it is on that disc though uh, not no, two episodes watch, in a row we're gonna watch farmer alfalfa's wayward pup <laughs> i don't know what that is at all sure well let's watch find out. out it's not wacky and packy so i'm okay with it it's watch out it just ends up being a snuff film that's probably oh, I, that's, what, <laughs> that's what i'm half expecting is that one of these end up just being a snuff film that giant just got snuck 599 the- cartoon in one snuff film collection Exactly. Yep. <laughs> All right. They just uh, snuck in uh, 
Mermaid in a Drain or something. That one mm-hmm. Japanese movie. Oh, wow. God. Okay. All right, let's go. Okay, that didn't take us long to get back into Crazy Town. <laughs> that was a long cartoon. <laughs> I actually have a theory about this one. Uh, I and and that is that I think this cartoon is early enough that uh, kind of uh, the landmark techniques of animation were still being established. Oh yeah, like uh, I was doing some research while we were watching this, and uh, Farmer Alfalfa is a character from 1914. Oh wow. yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a. Uh, this one is very, uh, very early, and it's easy to tell right from the beginning because as soon as the title comes up, you hear a reed organ <laughs> that plays out the yeah. entire thing, and that's honestly my favorite part. I love, uh, I love like old timey reed organ music. Um, yeah, and uh, like, and it- the animation it had very few cells, and uh, and uh, most of the stuff in it was not communicated super well and I don't think that is to say that the animators were bad but that animation hadn't come into itself yet oh yeah Mm -hmm. like they had like speech bubbles instead of like subtitle cards or whatever yeah or just not having any dialogue at all yeah I think you know you can mitigate that though with like good like screenwriting and storytelling and stuff this yeah this didn't have that (laughs) In the comics. No, no, no. This this cartoon starts with three minutes of a farmer's vape. Yeah, when it, as I was <laughs> as I was watching it, I was like, "Is this going to be the cartoon equivalent of Waiting for Godot? Like, is it just like going <laughs> to yeah. be like a bottle episode about a farmer like looking for his pipe in the same like single screen? Yeah, like because like for the like there's like a good like four like three four minutes where this it's just the farmer and like a single spot briefly we see a dog go underneath some stairs but then like underneath his porch but then like uh after that it's just this old man with a pipe just smoking away and we see him blowing bunch various different sizes of clouds uh and some of them go under the stairs but most of them just go into the sky which which would be fine if it was 15 seconds (laughs) Yeah, like, it was so long, and then, like, he loses his pipe somehow, like... It falls into his hat. Yeah, it falls into his hat, which I don't even remember how it fell into his hat, but it fell into his hat, and he started looking for his pipe, and he's like, where the Sam Hill did my pipe go? And, like, Sam Hill is in quotation marks. Uh, and then, like, <laughs> then probably the only, like, legitimate laugh I got out of all of this, which is the farmer, like, then has a speech bubble that says censored, and that's it. <laughs> Just the <laughs> word censored. Yeah. And then, uh, and then it, it is revealed eventually that the dog is smoking the pipe. And, yeah, uh, the dog is smoking the pipe. Yeah. Dog loves it. Like the dog, the dog get hot, got hot boxed because some of the smoke went under the I think, thing. I and think, then he was like, I, I think hot box doesn't being hot boxed imply that consent isn't involved. It's like, weird. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So the dog, the dog uh, gets some of that sticky icky and takes a nap, and then wakes up <laughs> and buries the pipe. Yeah, because the he knows the farmer's gonna come with a mallet and then kill him because that is literally what the music was tr- implying. 
Yeah. Oh no, uh, he was he was all about killing him throughout the entire like short from after that moment. Yeah. So so yeah, credit like, credit to the writers of this. Like, if we're going to give a little credit to the writers of this cartoon, I would say it's because they made the puppy act a lot like a puppy would, like with a very short attention span, uh, and a very hyperactive personality. Um, yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, but like yeah. So this farmer can't handle a puppy. Yeah. He can't handle a freaking puppy. Well, it's not very like, established that he can handle livestock either. Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, maybe it isn't another one of the 12 owns, cartoons on this I, collection as, starring this person. As far as we, as far as we know, uh, the only other animals on this farm are three black ducks, and two of which get chased away immediately by the dog. Yeah, so the dog, <laughs> the dog runs away to chase... Well, yeah, the farmer tries to murder the dog with a mallet and the dog goes to chase ducks um and uh oh man like it's it's hard for me to remember everything that happened in this cartoon that's how like long it is for how little happens in it Um, there's a lot of fluff here to like hide the actual plot of this cartoon yeah basically i guess he basically all that happens they start the duck the duck gets chased by the dog and the farmer doesn't like this. The farmer accidentally destroys his chicken coop chasing the dog. Uh, and then the farmer then goes to a place that sells roosters. I, I think, think, well, I think, I think they, they um, maybe I'm wrong. I don't remember all that well, but I feel like they sold seed that he used to attract a bird of some kind or something. Maybe. Like, I, all I know is that he gets a bird involved in a kerfuffle with the dog. Well, no, like that's, that's the, he went to a store that sold him the okay. chicken. And, like, he, he basically, I guess he went to a cockfight ring place and bought a chicken, because, like, specifically this chicken is to fight the dog. Yeah. And they get into multiple, the dog and the chicken get in multiple scraps, while, like, like three of the exact same animation, basically, of the same fight. Uh, while the ch- farmer, like, and then, it, like, after the fight, the, it always cuts to the... A uh, farmer who is super excited that the dog is finally going to get killed, <laughs> and uh, then the dog gets chased by the chicken. Uh, then the dog hides under a bucket, and then and the then, uh, dog basically flip tricks the chicken into the bucket. Yeah, and like hides the chicken under the bucket. The farmer comes in with a mallet, goes swing his bu- mallet at the dog, crushes the bucket. Kills the chicken, and that's the end of the well, cartoon. Yeah, then, no then, resolution then, at all. Then he then he lifts it up and realizes the chicken is dead, and he's like mortified that he killed the wrong animal. <laughs> yeah. and then that's how it ends. It's like it's lovely. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's just it ends like very a, abruptly. It's, it's a jump cut to black. Yeah, basically, <laughs> and then it's the next cartoon. So we stopped. Um, but yeah, it was, it was really interesting getting to see such an old cartoon. Uh, I I think it's worth noting though, that, uh, uh, that this cartoon was some of the early work of Paul Terry and Paul Terry has appeared multiple times, uh, in this collection so far. Uh, and he's like, he's the head of Terry tunes who did like stuff, like all the Harvey comic adaptations and stuff. All right. So, so. You he know, got better. Yeah, he figured yeah, he out that figured his cartoons out. need to have endings. Yeah. So so good. Yeah. Good. That's awesome that that's awesome that the the creator of Terry Tunes is somebody who uh who was kind of in it from the very beginning. I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well he was he, he was inspired by 
one of the very first bits of animation called Gertie the Dinosaur. And, uh, yeah, then, like, he basically got, he started making these cartoons. And the way he did them, apparently, is that he made them in certain ways that made it so he could make new ones every week. Mm-hmm. So I guess he's like the Matt and Trey, Matt Stone and Trey Parker of the 1914s or something like that. I guess. Uh, except less racist. Uh, anyways. Uh, that was a joke, fellas. You're supposed to laugh at that. Now I just feel like an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I, I, it's just it's. It was weird. Farmer does vape trips tricks. The dog does vape tricks. The farmer doesn't like vape trips tricks, and the dog try. The farmer tries killing the dog, and the farmer instead kills another animal instead. The end. Yep. So there you go. That is the cartoon that I don't remember the name of that we just watched. Uh, farmer alf alf. Farmer Alfalfa. You know, considering how puppy uh, dog yeah. troubles. <laughs> Farmer Alfalfa know. fucking dog troubles. That's the name of it. That's what it's called. That's the troubles with puppers. Nineteen fourteen cons- was edgy. You know, considering how like uh, like in bad condition this was, because oh my god, it was in horrible condition. You could hear like uh, static in the reed organ stuff, and like. Every so often, the sound would go into like these low, like vibrations and stuff. Like, yeah. I'm wondering if this actually was. Do you think they actually put this out? Because it seems like with the abrupt ending, it seems unfinished. Um, maybe. I have no idea. Like, uh, I don't know. It's entirely possible, and I'm also 100% sure that the organ stuff was recorded way later on. Like, I doubt that was like the same sheet music that they yeah, use. That might for be the, the case. I don't I don't know enough about old film to say how those scores well, were written. I, I mean like back in the old days there was no way to have sound in film, so basically you had an organist in the actual building yeah. playing the music and uh there was specific sheet music for they were supposed to use, but then uh those sheet music didn't really live, last very long because they kept on getting rid of them. Again, preservation wasn't a thing. So, That's probably uh, a really cool job, though, right? I yeah. Bet, I bet there were people who really, like, slaved their entire lives because, like, oh, I want to be the organist at the movie theater, and then they released sound for movies. Oh, yeah. no, that's so sad. I'm sad now about this person I made up. <laughs> the Vine Stars of the <laughs> yeah, 1900s. <exactly. laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yep. Uh, Okay. So, that was an interesting one. Uh, uh, do we have anything else to say about it, or should we go into our prompt? I think, I think uh, we should I go to our I'm prompt. Good. All right. Yeah, let's go to right. our prompts. So uh, our prompt this week was, what was a movie that you really liked that other people may not like as much? Specifically an animated movie. Uh, I... Uh, I got a few emails. I actually got an email for our last prompt, but uh, that's totally okay because uh, I think that uh, people should should be allowed to go back and like answer old things if they think it's interesting. To to so a point. You, well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, let's let's not establish early on that anyone can write in and answer any one of our prompts whenever they want. But well, but if I mean, we if we'll, we'll have discretion. Yeah, if if but, one missed like, the deadline, though, sure, that's fine. 
Well, I mean, I, I also I, I also listen to like a, here's a plug to a podcast I really like is History Honeys, and History Honeys will let you like answer any prompt that they've ever done. All right, it's up uh, to you. We're good. We're good with whatever. For now, like, for now, I think it's fine. I won't. As long as you do not send us an essay that's like forever long, you know, then you're fine. Uh, All right. So, what was last week's question? One more time, just so that uh, everyone's uh, caught up. Last week's question was, "What was your favorite Disney Channel show?" Uh, and this was actually another really weird one because it was like a, another era that uh, we didn't really talk about, which is the 2000s, which I would say personally I wasn't a huge fan of, but there were some okay stuff. But uh, this person said, uh, this person who is called Cherry Pie, by the way, uh, they said that they were tied between Fillmore and Dave the Barbarian, oh. uh, which were very different cartoons altogether. I forgot, I uh, forgot those really existed. Good. Fillmore, Fillmore, Fillmore. Cartoon. That was the one with the uh, kid that was the, uh, I think, the Hallmeyer, and he was like a little kid detective. Sort of? Yeah, basic, basically, it was a cop drama, but it was about a ho- two hall I missed this cartoon, but that sounds super charming. Um, okay. Uh, thank, you for, actually, uh, thank you for the response, Cherry, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Fillmore, he was just a black kid who was, like, really kind of cool dude. And they always said, like, stuff like, instead of, like, because, like, they would say, instead of saying, like, actual curse words, they would say, like, cheese and crackers, but in super serious ways. And, uh... Like, I remember there was an episode where there was a kid who was trying to uh, get, like, stop people from, like, checking out books from the library. So they were, like, doing some sort of heists of, like, certain mm-hmm. books. So because he thought that no one deserved to know the subtext of Judy Bloom, <laughs> And, like, uh, it was okay. Um, I mean, I thought I thought it was inoffensive. Uh, I don't know. Like, I... I I have very vivid memories of some episodes. Well, like, I don't know. I remember weird, as but, a kid uh, I, thinking scenes of Dave the Barbarian was funny, though. Oh, yeah. There actually were some pretty good ones yeah. of Dave, and Bar- I Dave the Barbarian. I have memories of Dave the Barbarian. I mean, I, I, I didn't watch it religiously, episodes, but. but I saw a couple, and they always made me laugh when I watched them. It was a really heavy on breaking the fourth yeah, wall. Yeah. That was the big thing about it, and I actually... And it was interesting. I thought it was a fun uh goofy cartoon uh granted i haven't seen it in a long time so i can't really say whether it's good or not because there's a lot of cartoons i liked as a kid that i think are really bad now but um yeah i think those are pretty decent choices especially since i completely forgot about both of them <laughs> um but anyways for uh the prompt for this week we got one from rc mouse uh wait wait, say- wait 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 what is the prompt for this week <sighs> we already said it but it was movies that we uh uh, movies that you liked as a ki- that you liked, but other people don't like anime movies. Okay. Uh, and their answer was uh, the Hobbit, uh, the 1977 one. Um, that was the one that was by Rankin Bass. Uh, I haven't personally seen it, but they list some pros and cons. Bad. It's pretty low budget. Uh, it was made for TV movie, so yeah. And it's also short, so it doesn't really get all the details of the Hobbit. But the good art is that it's uh, the art style uh, because it it's a really dated looking, but it really fits with the fantasy setting. Mm-hmm. Uh, the music, which is all very memorable, uh, which is like a lot of acoustic guitar, um, very catchy. 
And the voice acting apparently is really good. Uh, I found it interesting with that one that uh, they made the hobbits look like so very like fancy oriented. Like with the movies, they're more like just like really, really small people. But they look really like gnomish in the Rankin Bass ones. Yeah, like uh, my father actually had um, a Lord of the Rings art print that was like that had like tree beard and uh, Bill, uh, not Bilbo, but. Uh, frodo on it and uh it, it like yeah it it kind of ha- it was a very similar style to the rankin bass kind of thing and uh that very i'm very nostalgic for that kind of art style for lord of the rings mm-hmm. more than like the realism that we've seen since the movies yeah i uh uh so the the writer of this question is a friend of mine and we were talking about uh we were talking about this specific cartoon just in response to the prompt and uh and <laughs> My original response was uh, was wasn't Ralph Bashke our friend Ralph Bashke wasn't he involved in that? Yeah, uh, no, 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 he wasn't. He did Lord of the Rings. Yeah, uh, he did Lord of the Rings. I was actually I was afterwards. about to. I yeah. did research before we recorded to make sure. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so. So yeah, that uh, that is interesting. That I, I don't know if those two were related in any way, like. Yeah, I don't know, but I I haven't seen all of the old Hobbit movie, but I do, uh, I do remember watching like clips from it on YouTube in my adulthood, mm. uh, and it it did seem like it had a pretty charming art style. Uh, yeah, yeah, and very very much in the spirit of the book. Um. Okay. We also got uh, another email from Jace, who uh, he had like two different uh versions of it uh where uh basically two different uh ways he interpreted this question both on a nostalgia and a non-nostalgia way um as in stuff that he's very nostalgic and knows isn't good but he's still really fond of and stuff that he legitimately thinks is good okay um and uh on the nostalgia front he had fern gully uh the page master and Quest for Camelot. Uh, three movies I have very vivid memories of because I saw all three of those in theaters. Uh, and yeah, I honestly say that they are nostalgic for me, but I would not say that they are good. <laughs> um, and then the one that was legitimately good, though, was, he says, is Hotel Transylvania. Uh, it's not perfect. Not all the jokes work, but I kind of felt like the movie. Uh, it felt like the kind of movie I loved as a kid and watch every Halloween things. So okay, he watches so it every Halloween. So. The the writing in that movie is really lazy, but it deserves a lot of credit because the animation is great. Uh, it's oh, very no. fun, like squash and stretch type uh, type animation, and ne- never ever let anybody say. That uh, that I am giving some sort of uh, endorsement to uh, the the films of uh, of ah uh, oh shit what's his name Danny uh, Trovalsky what Danny Trovalsky no 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 yeah the, the t- Adam Sandler oh, Adam Sandler Jack and J- yeah Adam Sandler there you go <laughs> <laughs> this is not an endorsement to Adam Sandler's film. Well, in any scope, <laughs> but well, I I, I do think I that just, movie is enjoyable. I wouldn't call like Fantastic Mr. Fox a George Clooney movie, nor what I call Zootopia and Nathan Bateman. Movie, was I? But. I guess I. I guess I. Did you say Nathan Bateman? 
I think Wait, he did. Did I see that? <laughs> Jason, maybe, J- Jason Bateman. No, but I, I, I had assumed Adam Sandler was creatively involved. and Maybe that was my mistake. I don't uh, really think so. I, th- I hope I, not. A lot of times for this, they're not super involved with yeah like so not not a very yeah so it's it's not like a super like thoughtful cartoon but it's it's fun to watch and i understand why someone would uh, would say that they enjoy it and i enjoy it i'll say i enjoy it there you go aren't they coming out with a uh uh cartoon based on hotel transylvania i don't know maybe i don't know i mean if you if you want to see that stuff without like adam sandler's stink all over it there you go yeah Uh, that's true but i mean like yeah i I really am fond, like, because here's the thing. Uh, I totally understand people's complaints about, like, the decline of 2D animation in uh, in Hollywood, which means that there's practically none anymore. But yeah. um, I think we're now at a time where 3D animation can look just as good as a 2D animated thing and well, sometimes and, even better. And, and not like in a... Not in a hyper-realistic sort of way, but like in a way that's actually very fluid and yeah, see, gorgeous like that's, to look at. That's the thing about Hotel Transylvania that I liked is that uh, is that it looked like a 2D cartoon. Kind of like a 2D television cartoon in a way. Like just the way yeah. it was animated. Like I said, like the squash and stretch is present. And it is like, very good in that movie. Like compare uh, Chicken Little with Zootopia. Like yeah. we've gone a long way. <laughs> Yeah, so. but but I'm saying Z- Zootopia is good in a different way than Hotel Transylvania. Well, is sure. Good. Well, I, mm. I would say I would say yeah in some ways, but I also think that Zootopia does embrace a lot of like the very more toony kind of aspects with facial animation, with certain gestures. There's a there is a lot of squat squashed stretching well, if you actually look frame by frame. You can yeah, see it. but 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 in Hotel Transylvania, it's whole hog. Oh no, yeah. Like yeah, I, and in, in Zootopia, it's kind of it's kind of uh, muted. You know, it's yeah, it's it's sort of it's sort of decorative squash and yeah, stretch, it, which I love and I think it's great. Zootopia, for the record, I enjoy far more than Hotel Transylvania. But oh god, yes. <laughs> uh, but uh, but for, for different reasons. Okay, uh, here's a better example: uh, Captain Underpants, which you haven't seen, but haven't is seen it. straight. It's exactly the same kind of thing where it's uh, it is using a very kind of 2d art style but with a 3d way when using all the same kind of like exaggerations and like kind of like very uh over the top kind of expressions and uh stylistic choices and stuff and it's yeah, really gorgeous it's it's really good it's really 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 good it's gorgeous to look at are those all up. the people we had writing in uh that was all we had for this time so uh did anyone want to go first for their own props answer the props um, well, HG, there's this little movie that I think came out in the 80s or 90s called Catch Up Vampires. No, <laughs> no, no. I am, I'm leaving. Bye. I'm, I'm really curious. I've never heard of this. Tell me more. Uh, you really don't want to know more. Is it not that, your answer? <laughs> that may be something we say for a Halloween episode or something. It okay, so what is, your, what is your answer to the Okay, prompt? I actually have two answers i guess one from my childhood and one from more recently i think he just actually actually legitimately left all right well go ahead and continue talking about it and he'll come back <laughs> okay i'm back okay. okay hello we still haven't we we still haven't I, you know what haven't, uh this would be a good time to mention quack pack 
There we go. There's that reference. There was, yeah, I, I can't think of a way to organically fit it into this conversation because it's not a movie. But we have to mention it because we have in every episode so far mentioned it during the prompt section. Oh, uh, God. So I don't know. Sir, do you, do you want to give your answer or would you rather have me? Yes, go I do. I, okay, I go have ahead. two. So right. the first one from my childhood, which would be the first rescuers. Oh. Yeah. Oh, is, that, know, is that not well received? Oh, that's upsetting to me. I like both rescuers. <laughs> um, I know I, that I, it's not like considered the best Disney movie, but I, I like the saying a lot. I think I think the like the premise behind it is fun and cute, and I like the fact that they were originally gonna have uh, Corella Deville as the villain. In it. Really? Yeah, they were. That's what I heard. That's funny. I didn't what? know that. That's crazy. Yep. I would. I would. Okay. Here's the thing. Um, so let's say that, um, see, here's, I'm, I am of the opinion that I do think the rescuers is okay, but I do think that it's a very forgettable movie. I do think that rescuers down under is much better put together movie overall. That um, is an unpopular opinion. I just feel like I should mention, <laughs> I agree, but no, no, no. It's... Like, uh, well, I'm just saying, I'm just saying that like, uh, you know, rescuers. And I, I do think that the villain of that one is pretty memorable in a lot of ways, but mm. If it was Corilla Deville, I guarantee you that that movie would have been like this. Would have been like a movie that would have been in the canon for a long That's time. That's funny. Cause, yeah. Because yeah. here's the thing: Corilla Deville is great. <laughs> like I, she's terrible. Yeah. I she's a terrible, terrible person. But I love her. I gotta say, I, even with the villain that we got in the Rescuers, I really, really love her facial animations when she gets mad. Oh. Oh yeah, like, but she was kind of just die a Corella Deville in some ways. Yeah, I mean, she I was. She's. I'm, but I own a Corella Deville plush toy. Okay, that just shows you how much I freaking love. I'm willing Sims to summer. basically give. I'm willing to basically give any classic Disney animation a free pass as being good, no matter what, because I'm fucking <laughs> garbage. No. Uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> so that's well, what, my opinion. What about what? What about the Mellow Tunes, though? I'm not familiar, and I don't care to be. The Miguel, the Metador. I oh, is that is that early, what they're called Melatoons? Yeah, is that early Disney cartoon? No, oh no, no. I thought you, I thought you just been like no, 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 no. Classic Disney. I, I oh, classic yeah. Disney. Okay. No, yeah. Um, what was your second one, Sir? My second one was something that came out more recently that I got introduced to as an adult, and that would be Looney Tunes back in action. You oh. brought up that. Uh, I have heard uh, I've heard that it's better than Space Jam, which is not that much of an accomplishment. Here's the thing. It's both a spiritual sequel of Space Jam. And if you've seen Gremlins 2, it is also a spiritual sequel to Gremlins 2. Oh, fantastic. Yep. That's amazing. <laughs> it's uh, it's directed by the same guy, Joe Dante. Okay. Joe Dante, or however you pronounce it. It's about the same level of dumb as Gremlins 2. The, uh, okay, then the, I love it. I love it already. The bit, <laughs> would you? Uh, our spoilers, okay? Okay. The, uh, the villain played by Martin, uh, I think it's Martin Sheen. His main plan oh, yeah. is to turn a large portion of the world's population into monkeys to uh, create his products for him, like to manufacture them. Oh, okay. <laughs> And you have like a uh, Brendan F- Fraser playing both himself and his stunt double, I believe. <laughs> yeah, Timothy Dalton's in there. They have like a uh, couple minutes scene dedicated to Walmart product placement that's like out of nowhere. <laughs> 
And there is a reference in there to a uh, robot monster. Oh, hell yeah. It's good. It's good. It's dumb, but good. Oh, man. I, now I want to see this. It it bombed at the box office, but it's fine. Oh, no, I know it bombed. I remember thinking that it looked dumb as a kid, but I want to see this now as an adult. <laughs> okay, so that's me. All right. Uh, do you want to go, Ishii, or do you want me to go? You go. You go. Okay. Um, my answer is uh, indefensible. I'm not going to try. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, all right. Are you I'm, ready? I'm ready to storm right. out of the room again. <laughs> I don't think you'll storm out of the room. I just think you'll be surprised. My answer is uh, Lady in the Tramp 2, Scamp's Adventure. <laughs> really? Um... <laughs> Don't storm out of the room. I no no no. Like I said, it's indefensible. It's not a good movie. Of course, it's fucking not. It's Lady in the Tramp Two: Scam's Adventure. It's just like it's just like any time a movie has like dogs in it. I'm like, all right, I'm on board. <laughs> so it's just dog supremacy that's keeping you to this. Basically, I fucking loved that alfalfa cartoon. No, it's just like. <laughs> It's just like, uh, no, it's it's basically well-animated, oh. cute dogs, and I'm like, all right, I'm in. Uh, get me some popcorn. I am I am in this nope. for the long haul. Uh, so Lady nope. in the Tramp 2 is my answer. I had thought of other answers, and you might be shocked to find out that my defense for some of those other cartoons was also that they had dogs in them. <laughs> so, so, so no speci- God. specifically, no. specifically, Mr. Peabody and Sherman. Okay, uh, that was actually good. That one was actually good. I like. Yeah, one. let's. And, and I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna dive into that. Lady in the Tramp Two, completely indefensible. <sighs> not good. Don't watch it unless you're like me. Uh, so, <laughs> so, 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 what you're saying is no God. No dogs. Yeah, so exactly. No, no. I don't know. Or more appropriate, no gods, no man, on, just dogs. Only dogs, yes. And I don't, <laughs> I don't believe in guilty pleasures. I don't subscribe to a lifestyle that permits me to believe in the idea of guilty pleasures. But I do believe in things that I like that are so <laughs> that I'd never recommend them to anyone. And that's one of them. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there you go. That's my answer. I, I, think, I think I could relate because, oh, God. Well, honestly, out of all of our answers, mine is probably the most tame one of them all, which is kind of weird considering how I'm usually like the one that comes out of left field with something completely unexpected. Um, but for me, uh, I would say that a movie that a lot of people dismiss and I actually genuinely like is uh, Cars, the first one, first Pixar Cars. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, like, here's the thing. I know that it's not the best Pixar movie, and I honestly don't think it is. I think it is thematically weaker than a lot of them. Um, but I would also extremely disagree that the Cars franchise is the worst thing to come I out agree of Pixar. That the, I agree that the franchise is the worst thing to come out of Pixar. Well, fran- I don't okay, the, the franchise. The, but here's the thing. Yeah, here's the, thing. The, first here's one, the, thing. the first one I think is graceful, and it's not terrible. The first one is good. Uh, Cars 2 doesn't exist. Uh, the planes and planes, fire and rescue. Those not weren't even Pixar. made by. 
Those yeah. are not Pixar. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna get it straight. Those are not Pixar. <laughs> not Pixar. Mm. Uh, and Cars Three is apparently okay, but I haven't seen it because honestly, I don't care. Neither um, have I. But it slipped um, completely under my radar. But uh, but I, I, here's the thing, like. Cars, at least I have an emotional attachment to it for some ways. I do have some nostalgia for some of the imagery that's going on. And I do think the idea of people like, you know, stop being into the uh, like corporate culture and then kind of just dealing with like, you know, enjoying the world itself is kind of a nice message, you know, because that's kind of what cars. That's what I interpret cars as. It's not. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, like, uh, I, I mean, like, I, if I wanted to actually get on a horse that would probably, like, get me thrown out of town, uh, I'd say that I like cars much better than I like Wally. <laughs> I do, too. Uh, that's, uh, oh, God. not a popular opinion. <laughs> I do not. Uh, I, I, I like, I like Wally, kind of. <laughs> Wally is great it's for like, the first half of it, and then mm. after that, it becomes this weird. It becomes the like, Betty Hill opening. <laughs> for well, a while. it's just it's just unsubtle, uh, like anti, like unsubtle, like anti-consumer. Oh, and it's no. not even like not not even consumer, not even like consumerism technology, or you know, yeah, yeah it's, like, it, <laughs> it's anti-technology, but like it's not like anti-corporation really, other than the subtle. Uh, like not really. Uh, so, no, no. It's like it's pretty much putting most of the blame on on consumers, know, the, on the consumers themselves, and that for them being yeah. lazy and fat and just dealing with like all that kind of stuff and becoming dumber and dumber. Like yeah, it, it's like idiocracy for children, and I don't mean that in a good way because I think idiocracy is bad. I don't um, like that movie either. <laughs> uh, I'm glad we but, agree. Yeah. So, um, uh, so I, I just um. Uh, I, I just basically, uh, I think that like Cars is actually, I've actually watched Cars multiple times. And also, uh, I think that Mater is actually kind of adorable in that movie. <laughs> Don't at me. Hey, no judge zone here. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm kidding, not in a, not okay i there's literally no way for me to say this without even sounding remotely creepy because i'm not because i don't think in any way that's sexual. I just think he's adorable in a puppy dog that has like a limp kind of way i guess i don't know yeah a very dumb puppy dog a dumb puppy dog i don't know i don't know i can't defend this i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) i'm aborting i need the rejector seat right now (laughs) well i think we did a good job i think we've covered basically all of the bases uh Um, should we do the boilerplate what is Uh, uh, real fast oh um, yeah what's the next week's prompt yeah next week's prompt is uh, if you did go to school, which I know Casey hasn't, but um, wow. if you, well, I mean, like if you went to school as a child, um, was there a cartoon that they showed, like an educational cartoon that you showed that is extremely nostalgic for you? I have an answer to this one already. All right. Ooh, I'm excited. Good. Okay. <laughs> Bill Nye counts as a cartoon, right? What? Bill Nye counts as a cartoon, right? No, he's not a cartoon. He's a wonderful, pure being of light, and that's what he is. He's not a cartoon. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, I, as again, if you want to uh, answer this prompt or any previous prompts that we have done, uh, send us an email at toontownpublicworks at gmail.com. 
and uh, thank you an so answer. much for sending those in, by the way. Oh yeah, seriously, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. It is uh, get those. awesome to get your opinions, and I love hearing them every week. Thank you. And as uh, as always, if you want to watch any of the cartoons we discussed this week, they will be on the show notes as long as I'm able to find them. Um, I I, I just want to also say real fast, so we can actually have like so people know, because I feel like uh, that's part of the problem is that I don't really establish this. Uh, we are going to our next episode is going to be up, uh, hopefully, most likely up on uh. July 18th, which is a Tuesday. Um, and I would like you to have your answers in by uh, for uh, the next prompt by, let's say, the 21st of uh, July, I'd say. Okay. Something like that. Um, probably somewhere around that. That would be a good thing to do. Uh, and I'll, I'll also post it on Twitter, too. And our Twitter is uh, to, at Toontown Public. Uh, and see maybe we should make a facebook i don't like facebook and i wouldn't want to run the yeah, facebook, I don't use facebook because of that i think yeah, for no now facebook. for now i think we're okay with that one yeah um, um and we we can consider expanding to that in the future yeah uh still trying to figure out what i want to do uh monetarily wise because i would actually love to uh do this professionally because i like it's not a money grabbing kind of thing because I am a poor person, uh, and I would love to be able yeah, to do this kind of thing. Yeah, but we can discuss that later. Well, I guess, but I'm I'm just saying that uh, I guess if you have any ideas uh, out there, uh, tune down. Then sure. Yeah. Pass actually, it yeah, away. yeah. Actually, can I say can I say something? Uh, uh, go sure. ahead and do it. Um, if you guys have any way like ideas for us to improve the show, it'd be cool to hear from you. Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Constructive criticism is appreciated. Thank you. Yeah, uh, you can tweet us or we can send us an email. Uh, I'll get those. Uh, I check the email fairly often. Uh, and I, I, I love I love doing this show. And I think it's it's like, honestly, uh, a lot of what I think about right now <laughs> when I'm like not like doing other things specifically. But like when I'm thinking about like just what I'm doing right now, that's basically a large portion of my thoughts is going into this because I think this is a really fun idea and I really love doing this kind of thing where I'm talking about things that I really enjoy and talk about in depth and talk about people I really like, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's honestly, uh, my dream, uh, to do this kind of thing. So, and major, major, major thanks once again to Alex, our editor. Thank you super, super much for doing this for us. And, uh, thank you. And thank thanks you. to our listeners for listening. And if you would like to leave us a review on iTunes, that would be appreciated. I don't think we have any yet. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would uh, please do do that because it really, seriously, seriously does help us to do that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It makes people pay attention. It's how people like eventually get sponsors and stuff like that. Like I, w I want this to be a more than just me talking to like a, just as a hobby. I want this to be more than just a hobby, you know? Um, all right. So this has been uh, Toontown Public Works. I'm H2 the Raccoon. I'm Casey the Dog. I'm Sir the Cat. And these cartoons have been archived. Hey, we did the bumper twice. <laughs> I guess hey. it's official. No, this is all our, right. That's our, that's our sign out. All okay. Right, have a good one. Bye. 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 Bye.